This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. All right, and welcome back to another 4H4U2 podcast. I'm your host, John Long. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. And, Kobe, we have a special guest with us today, Dr. Dean Josan. And, uh, Dean, give us your title. So uh, my title is Extension 4-H Livestock Specialist. Um, I'm an associate professor uh, in the Department of Animal and Dairy Sciences. That's a lot of credentials there, Dean. It is a long title, yeah. yeah. How long have you been? When did you start? I started in September 2006, so I'm approaching... Uh, finishing out my 13th year. Awesome. Yeah, you you started just a little bit before us because I remember you, me and you kind of being new kids on the block, so to speak, I guess. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got to where you are today, I guess. So uh, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I'm from the South. I'm mm-hmm. from East Texas, a little small town called Joaquin, uh, population 800. Wow. Uh, we're so large, we finally got a traffic light a couple of years ago. Uh, so now you got to watch out for traffic lights when you go home. Did they have uh, like this big christening for the... Did, I wasn't there, well, so I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. They okay. probably did it at Christmas time, so we'd have, you know, more lights for the Christmas <laughs> for the holiday. Parade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. They decorated it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So I, I grew up... Uh, getting into 4-H and FFA as a young person and was involved with mainly showing breeding cattle um, all over the country. Um, But we did a little bit of uh, poultry because that was big in our home county Mm -hmm. and uh, went to college at Texas A&M, got my undergraduate degree and went off to Virginia Tech for a master's degree in the University of Florida for a PhD. And I literally graduated on a Saturday and interviewed here the next Monday for this opening, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Wow, that's, that's pretty exciting. Yes, yes. Now, family, family. Yeah, I've married uh, just over 10 years um, to a pharmacist, and we've got two kids, um, Keegan, seven-year-old girl, and Webb, a four-year-old boy. Awesome. And trivia was I was in Dean's wedding. Oh, how about that? Yes, I was. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> And uh, I saw that come up on Facebook the other day, and I thought, wow, 10 years just flies by. Yes. It's just insane, insane. Well, that so, sounds like that could be a whole other podcast with wet, wedding stories. And uh, well, no, <laughs> we're going to— Probably we're, won't get into that We're going to keep that uh, <laughs> under wraps. There so, we go. Dave, what uh, amazing—and I guess I've known you since I started at Mississippi State, and maybe you were on the search committee that hired me. Uh, so uh, you were one of the first people I met in the department. But— uh, what I, intrigues me about you is that you are also a, a reproductive physiologist by trade. So kind of how uh, do, did some cutting-edge stuff with your Ph.D. work in embryology, and uh, it's amazing how many talents this man has in terms of his education and then what his skill set is in his job. So how do, how do those two kind of tie in together? Yeah, so um, like I said, as a 4-H growing up, I was interested in, in cattle, and as I started competing in contests, educational contests, uh, through 4-H, FFA, and our state and national Simmental association, I became interested in the reproductive efficiency and the reproductive process of uh, cattle uh, development. So I was really interested in embryos and embryonic development. So that's what tracked me uh, to Virginia Tech for a master's degree and the University of Florida uh, for a PhD, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and even though I was doing a lot of 
laptop research on embryos, I guess I still kind of had a had a heart for the producer. Um, even though I was working more with dairy cattle at that time, I still wanted my research to be applicable to a producer because what was the point of doing research if you can't tie it back to bene- benefiting someone's life and, and profession? Uh, so I try to do lots of things um, during both my graduate degrees uh, to help producers and also even to help youth uh, in some of the contests and things that I was able to help with. Mm, cool. So uh, you, you wear many hats, and, and John and I know that, but let's talk about all the things you do with 4-H Youth Livestock. So what are some of the, the contests and activities and programs you do on an annual basis? This this will be part one. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, this will be a two-parter for sure. Hey, Kobe and I both know how Dean is just constantly, constantly going. So go ahead, Dean. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll try to start – I'll try to break it up. Uh, so uh, livestock-wise – I help to manage and oversee the Dixie National Junior Roundup. Uh, so that's um, the largest market show that we have in Mississippi that takes place in Jackson. Uh, so I oversee that entire show. And, and because of my title as 4-H Livestock Specialist, um, I work with the Sale of Champions Committee that's really involved with raising a lot of funds uh, to purchase champion animals and also um, really works to have developed a scholarship program over the years. Um, Our other big livestock show uh, would be our Mississippi State Fair, uh, which takes place for a couple of weeks in October. Uh, So I'm in charge of all the junior livestock shows uh, that take place there. I also work with our extension equine specialist, Dr. Clay Cavender, heavily involved with our state 4-H horse championship. Um, So those are the bigger animal-type shows that I'm involved with in-state. Yeah, that, that's quite a few. So uh, Dixie yeah. Nationals, I understand, is the largest show east of the Mississippi. Yeah, it, it's a it's a large event. We we typically have probably twenty four, twenty five hundred head of livestock uh, that we currently exhibit over about a six day period, and probably fifteen hundred plus youth involved. So it's a it's a large ordeal. Now, Dean, don't give me a canned answer to this, but after of all those things you listed, what what's your favorite today? We all have our favorites, so. I guess probably what's been most rewarding to me, and it probably took time, I guess, to realize it, Mm -hmm. um, the impact that you make through the sale of champions and through the awarding of scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, When you see those kids on campus, you know, since I've been here 13 years, your whole 4-H career starts as an 8-year-old and concludes as an 18-year-old. So now I've been here long enough to see kids that were beginning in 4-H or not even 4-H age develop all the way through their entire 4-H career. So you've seen them change and and grow and, you know, gain knowledge and expertise. Um, So really... that's been the most impactful, probably. Yeah, I think that is, and that that I know is has to be because you see the 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 effect of the whole the whole through the whole process for sure. Mm. Yeah. So besides earning scholarships and premiums through mm-hmm. through the sale of champions, what kind of skills are these youth learning when it comes to you stole exhibiting my animals? question? You stole <laughs> my question. I felt it coming. It's almost like we've got this. I know. Uh, you see, we're thing. not even talking, <laughs> and we scary. know what we're saying. No. <laughs> That's scary. Go ahead with his question, Dean, or it could be our question. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll share it here. Yeah, share it, please. <laughs> so the livestock shows are fun, um, and that's that's a teaching moment. 
Um, we're not directly in front of the youth teaching, but but the youth are still learning a lot about their development of their animals. Um, so everything I do is educational, mm-hmm. um, and everything that the the youth learn is beneficial to them. Um, we do have tons of um, educational contests, right. and and our, I care about those a lot because. To me, that's where the youth separate themselves from other 4-H'ers. Um, and, and I guess I'm biased. I mean, I do livestock um, and, and horses as well. To me, that's sort of the cream of the crop of our 4-H youth uh, because it takes a lot of responsibility to wake up. Here we are in the middle of July, and we're having you know mid-90 temperatures and heat index 105, 110, it's hard to get up in the morning and go out in the afternoon and, and get your, your show heifer out of the barn and take her to the wash rack and rinse her off and, and cool her off and work with her hair and, and go to some of these jackpot shows that are happening all around. It takes a lot of responsibility, a lot of dedication, you know, a lot of discipline to get up and do that. Um, and we try, to, we try to educate our youth with quality assurance practices to make sure that they know what they're doing to their animals, you know, is safe and humane, and they're treating them to the, the best way they can. Right. Uh, so there, there's just a lot that really goes into the whole 4-H livestock project. So <clears throat> how do uh, not uh, I myself never owning livestock, uh, my dad had some cows, but other than that, how, uh, how does a young person like on that, that you know, early stage in 4-H, how do they get involved in uh, the livestock program if they're, you know, if their parents or whoever doesn't have the availability of, a, of an animal? How, how does that work? Well, or, or does it work? As far as showing an animal yeah, or just, or getting, just involved? getting involved? getting involved, getting started, I guess, from the base level since we talked about that. Yeah, so if, an, if a family isn't able to, to own an animal for whatever reason, but they're still interested We've got a whole variety of contests. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we just had our 4-H beef cookout contest mm-hmm. in the north and the south. Right. Uh, so you're still learning about choosing your your selection of beef to cook and how to prepare it, and, and that's educational in and of itself. Right. Um, then we've got lots of other contests. Um, we've got judging contests, mm-hmm. you know, where youth are going out and learning about animal selection and and what makes a good market animal versus a good breeding animal and how to compare, you know, animals within a class and how mm. to defend your reasons and, and how to come up with your, you know, decision-making process. Mm. Um, we've got quiz bowl competitions and visual presentation contests. You know, if you were interested in showing beef cattle, it would be easy to go to Project Achievement Day for a younger 4-H'er or to Club Congress for an older 4-H'er and talk about breeds of cattle mm-hmm. or, or whatever topic was of interest to you. So that way you're doing some homework and you're learning more about, you know, maybe livestock options that are available to you mm-hmm. uh, before you actually invest the money and and get the animals and proper housing and things right. of that nature. And I, I guess that would dispel the myth that, you know, it's just not getting in the ring with an animal. There's just so much more to, to do other than that. Yeah, there's... I would say everything that I do with livestock and horses, there's probably over 30 educational top contests that a youth could be involved in. And that could be from, you know, more of the arts and creative expression top contests, such Mm -hmm. as 
creating a dairy poster about the theme that year for, you know, Dairy Month in June that's turned in at Club Congress. Uh, to the horse side of things, we've got photography contests um, and horse art contests where you could be drawing a picture or drawing a cartoon to designing a piece of furniture that's horse related. Wow. So huh. there's all kinds of opportunities available. I'm, the opportunities are endless. It's right. just how much do you want to jump in and how much do you want to get involved with? Right. It sounds like it's a little something for everybody. And it seems like the, uh, most of the kids or youth that participate in these um, showing animals and livestock, it seems like they do other things within 4-H. So I've seen them here at Club Congress participating in public speaking contest or maybe do other things under the ag and natural resources umbrella, forestry judging, meats judging. Uh, it seems like they're really involved in a lot of different things. And, and Kobe was at the, you were at the cookout. Yeah. Right? Man, that was phenomenal. Yeah. I was very impressed with the beef cookout and pork cookout this year. Well, even poultry too. So it was kind of neat to see those kids light up their grills and most of them produce something pretty delicious, I think. All I ever get to do is hear about that. I never get to go because I'm in Nebraska at that time. So yeah, y'all have fun. <laughs> yeah. What I also like about the youth program is it's something that uh, a child can select as their project and either make it a short-term project, like a getting a, a market hog or a pig project, and, or even a chicken project that's even a shorter duration of time, or they can get a long-term project like a, a heifer and keep that heifer for an entire year and work that animal and, and do something with her from January to December. So it kind of you can design how you want your project to work depending on what species you select if you have that option. And even go on to different levels. I know you go uh, chair several national contests and take 4-H'ers from the state to where all do y'all go? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll start at the regional level first. We do have a Southern Regional 4-H Horse Championship that we host in Perry, Georgia. And this is the only regional 4-H horse show that's offered in the entire country. Um, so youth in the 13 states that make up our region are you know, eligible to compete in if they qualify to go. Um, I'm the chair of the equine specialist group, um, so it's a lot of work that goes into putting on that event. Uh, and, and we can send our top two senior teams or individuals in our horse contest to compete in that educational event. And we can send up to 70 horses that qualify as well. And, we, and we've had a good uh, history of our youth with our horses being very successful at that show. Uh, from an educational standpoint, um, there are a variety of state contests that I host throughout the year where we qualify youth to go to national competitions. So in November of every year um, at the North American uh, International Livestock Expo in Louisville, Kentucky, we will send a dairy quiz bowl team and a dairy judging team. And then I guess this is maybe the third year that we've sent a 4-H livestock skillathon team um, and that's sort of a unique team that that we develop. That's not a county-based team. We kind of work with some of the elite uh, 4-Hers in beef, sheep, swan, and meat goats. And we kind of single out some of them and do some um, mock contests and really kind of select the cream of the crop to represent us on that team. Uh, and then early January is where we send the majority of our youth out to the Western National Roundup in Denver, Colorado, we send uh, up to six horse-related teams 
a meats judging team, a livestock judging team, a livestock quiz bowl. And then we also take a couple of other competitions that I'm not directly involved with, uh, but we take a consumer decisions team and a prepared public speaking uh, individual. So altogether, it's probably over 30 youth uh, that can qualify to go out to that event. Now, do y'all usually take a plane or drive a bus, or how do y'all get out there? To well, we used to take an MSU bus, um, and that was about a 24-hour trip out there and back with very little stops. Um, recent years, we've uh, taken the big airplanes, and every county sort of coordinates their own travel uh, to get out about the same day. And people people like taking a direct flight of about two hours versus a 24-hour bus ride with <laughs> people mm-hmm. not brushing their teeth and all that stuff. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I got I a funny memory of that. I've never been to it, but I got a funny memory of that. It was, hey, Kobe, you've heard me talk about clover clues. You know, mm-hmm. we had this yeah. whole thing. Uh, Dean, I had to get a report. Do you remember this? You probably don't. It's been oh. a long time ago. Uh, Dean had to give me a report of how the teams had done out in Denver, and they were on their way back. And poor Dean, I, he was talking on the cell phone to me, and I could just tell he was tired. I and bet. so, but we did really well that year, I remember, and, and uh, I had to give his report for him. But I, I remember those bus trips and y'all talking about them. So, yeah, that would be a long time. I'm sure that's a, a lot of good memories. Yeah. Well, Dean, I, I, another thing that I think is pretty pretty neat with what you do, like yesterday I had the chance to help out with that dairy products judging. And, you know, we think about livestock specialists helping with a bunch of different live animal species, but the products are just as important as the actual animals, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and I guess that's what's um, interesting about a lot of what I do. Um, dairy products is a little more unique uh, than maybe some of the other judging contests, but the neat thing about all of those things is that, again, like John referred to earlier, you don't have to own an animal to be in dairy products judging. Right. You know, that's a simple contest where you're evaluating samples of milk and cheddar cheese and ice cream, you know, for flavors and and different ways those products are prepared. They're not prepared in, you know, unhealthy ways, but they're prepared differently, and that makes those products taste differently. Just like if you season your steak, you know, the way I season my steak versus the way you season yours may be a little bit different. To the degree that you cook your steak may be different than the way I cook mine. It doesn't mean you're right or I'm, I'm right. It's just the way we do it, and, and then they're evaluated. So a lot of the things I do, it's neat because the kids can – you know, form a basis of what the ideal product should be, what the ideal animal should be. And the neat thing is a lot of the judging contests, all that stuff can go over to consumer decisions judging or another type of judging event. You know the structure of how to present your reasons and and how to make your choices. You just have to learn about you know, judging refrigerators versus judging a class of steers. So you're saying it's kind of, it can cross over into other areas. Yeah, and that's where I think a lot of our livestock kids, to me, I see a lot of them uh, crossing over into other aspects of 4-H just because, you know, they meet kids from around the state when they're at the state fair, when they're at Dixie National, they're interacting with youth all over the state, and they hear about other contests, and they say, hey, wow, if I win that, I can go on a trip. Mm-hmm. So they want to really invest and learn and, and engage in, in ways to learn to better themselves. Right, right. And it's just like uh, other any other areas in 4-H. If, if we offer 
those uh, programs based on the areas of interest of young people. And we get them in, and, and we all teach them life skills, regardless. It's youth development from day one. So that's just so it's always fascinating with me is how those areas all work together for the same common goal. Yeah. So. That's right. And that's great. Well, Dean, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming in and sitting down with us today. And uh, whenever you can, catch a breath, please. We, we want you to stay around for a long time because you do such a great job, and we appreciate all that you do for 4-H and uh, for the youth of our state. So thank you for that. And if anybody wants more information on livestock and, and other areas of 4-H and what, uh, what to do, Go to the uh, Extension webpage and, and check us out there. You've got information on there, Dean. Yep. Anywhere else we need to go to? Yeah, I've got a Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, you can type in to search for Mississippi 4-H Livestock and Horse Program. And as you alluded to, if you go to the MSU Extension website and search for 4-H Livestock, uh, there's plenty of information about our big major shows and education contests and and all sorts of information. And not, and not to mention other publications that we have that you could read. Lots of publications to. and newsletters and Wonderful. lots of information. Wonderful. Well, thank, thank you for that. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's uh, podcast. And, uh, Kobe, we'll be back next time with uh, some more good stuff that 4-H is doing. Yeah, next time we'll have uh, two uh, attendees for the co-op leadership camp Ooh. joining us. So yes, that'll be great. To that. Be great. All right. Well, with that, I'm John. And I'm Kobe. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us for 4-H for YouTube. For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4-H for YouTube is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.